Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. Real Estate Coaching Radio is the nation's number one daily radio show for realtors who demand authentic real-time coaching. Get ready for fluff-free, unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what's truly working to get you into action, helping others, and making money now in today's real estate market. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Three, two, one. All right, we are back. It is, what is it? It's July the 6th. Hopefully everyone had a fantastic 4th of July weekend. Uh, Julie and I certainly enjoyed the time off. Hopefully all of you guys did as well. I'm going to start out by giving you an exercise, and then Julie's got some great lead generation points that we wrote down for all of you. So the exercise I'm going to take you through is called essentially coming to terms with how many days left you actually have to work this year, though that's not a very good name. I need to think of an acronym for it. But here's the exercise. Take all this seriously, because what's going to happen this time of year, when the next six months, they're going to fly by. You're going to be shocked how fast the next six months months goes because we have so many natural and normal interruptions to the work uh, to your work day going forward over the next six months that it's almost going to be impossible for some of you especially as we get closer to the holidays to have any level of concentration and focus so here's what I want all of you to seriously consider doing I want you to take a calendar and I want you to a, a calendar from July through the end of the year and I want you to be realistic with the number of days that you have Uh, left to truly work this year. And what we're going to do, and I'm going to go through this exercise just to make a point of this, and Julie and I have done this a million times, is yes, there are six months left this year, and you're thinking to yourself, Tim, what are you talking about? That's 180 days. But I'm here to tell you, realistically, you have half that left this year to work. And here's why. You take a calendar. I'm looking at one right now on Julie's uh, computer. Oh, by the way, Julie, welcome to today's podcast. Thank you. Um, And I'm looking at December. So in December, most of you take the entire month off. Now, some of you are going to insist that you're going to work a couple uh, weeks in December, which obviously I strongly encourage you to do so. Um, But for the most part, we can all agree that it's going to basically be two weeks of downtime. We're just talking about this year. We're not even talking about the following year. Now, if you look at November, you have at least a week where no one's going to want to talk to you about anything other than football and turkey, right? Then you go back in October. Then you're looking at basically the last week of October, which especially for real estate agents has become an unofficial holiday. (laughs) Just gather candy. That's right. right. Some weird thing. I noticed that happened like four years ago. People started taking the week of of, uh, Halloween off, which is a big whatever to that. Okay, then you go back to September and August. September, actually, depending on when kids go back to school, or rather, I should say this year, if they go back to school, that has those two months are pretty clean. Now, the only problem with that is if you, depending on where you live, East Coast folks, you know what I'm talking about, a lot of people take a lot of time off in August before the kids go back to school. That's when a lot of people will do summer vacations. Yep. Again, no idea if that's mm-hmm. going to happen this year, but you're going to see a lot of uh, downtime in August. And by downtime, you might show up to work. You might want to make phone calls, but you're going to have a lot of people that are pushing back because they have other things sure. going on. And by the way, it does make sense that if you're going to want to take some downtime, you take the downtime when other people are taking their downtime yes. as well, and you work when they're when you essentially have a higher probability of a success and then we push ourselves back into july and obviously in, in july we've already you know we're on the sixth so you can cross off five days there well, how many people are taking this week off if you're being realistic I, though? I, I think there's probably more absolutely yeah so if you then you take out there's going to be other random days a lot of weekends sure. you're not going to be want to work uh, there's going to be other things that are going on in your life so it mm-hmm. works out to be between realistically 90 and 95 working days left this year yeah. now i want you to pause and think about that 
if it were right now, uh, October, and you only really had 90 days left this year, and then you knew you had goals to accomplish, think how motivated you'd be knowing that you only had that 90 days to accomplish the goals that you'd set for yourself. Mm -hmm. I want you to have that same emotion now, realizing that you effectively only have 90 working days left this year. And I realize that you will be working in, you know, you'll be working a couple weeks here, a couple weeks there, and then there'll be a week off. That type of workflow, which is more or less forced on you, creates all kinds of problems with building any sort of real momentum. Because you're going to be you're going to be grooving and you're going to be hitting it out of the park. Everything's going to be going great, and then all of a sudden you're going to discover that you know a whole bunch of people are taking a week off because the kid's going back to school. Maybe you want to do the same thing. You guys get the gist of what I'm saying. So it's incredibly important that you not think about the rest of 2020 or any year for that matter as six months. You got to think of it as 90 days. That in that 90 days, what Julie and I want you to do is drill down on doing at least three things at the highest level. And I'm going to tell you what those three things are. Ready? Write these things down. And then Julian is going to share with you um, the results, or not the results with names, but we're, we're going to tell you about a competition we did with our premier coaching members over the last 90 days. And we're going to tell you about some of the money that they earned, frankly, and the number of people that they helped. So here it is. In the next 90 days, every single day, you have to, number one, be making the number of contacts every single day that is equal to the number of contacts as required in your real estate treasure map. If you, if I'm speaking, you know, a foreign language to you right now, that's fine. The real estate treasure map is free to all of you. And if you want to get a hold of the real estate treasure map, the simplest and easiest way for you to do that is just text the word Harris H A R R I S to three one nine nine six. Text the word Harris H A R R I S to three one nine nine six. And when you do, we're going to text you back a link. And that link is going to then give you access to um, the real estate treasure map along with six other books you can download. One of the key elements of the real estate treasure map, and this is also discussed in our audio book and our real, you know, the book book that's available at Barnes and Noble and Amazon called Harris Rules. We're closing in on 400 five-star reviews. If you haven't gotten that book yet, I strongly encourage you to. Um, Harris Rules on Amazon, uh, or you can download it obviously on Audible or wherever else. So one of the, the tenets of what our coaching program is what we call you know, the real estate magic number. And the real estate magic number is simply the number of listings you need at all times to meet or exceed all your financial, you know, obligations and goals. It's a very simple concept that really, really works and it clears the totally and completely cuts through all the BS that so many of you guys get mired in when you're trying to know, you know, when you're saying, I want to know what my one thing is or my, you know, you guys are so easily distracted and so many things trying to distract you that it's almost impossible, especially when you have all these, you know, starts and stops throughout the rest of the year to get anything meaningful accomplished. So the number one thing you have to do is know what your real estate magic number is. The number of listings you need at all times to meet or exceed your financial goals. Tim, I'm not a listing agent. Well, you ought to work on that. Do you really want to basically be, you know, having to constant or having to focus all your best energies on working with buyers for, for the rest of this year when you could be learning how to be a powerful listing agent? So absolutely positively, uh, download the real estate treasure map, figure out your real estate treasure map or your real estate magic number, figure out what it is. Let's say it's three listings at all times. It's five listings at all times. If you have a lower average sale price, it might be like 20 listings at all times. Whatever that number is, you have to make that number of contacts every single day. A contact is a conversation with a decision-making adult. 
A contact is not a conversation that happens on Facebook where you're liking somebody's uh, picture with their dog. Okay, that is not a contact. Or a one sentence text. So let's just say nothing digital really counts. Nothing. Yes, exactly. Nothing digital. Has to, you have to pick up the phone and have a conversation or go knock on a door and have a conversation. If you do it in person, you know, through your mask and your six foot distancing, then, you know, it's a conversation. That's where your focus needs to be. So if your magic number calls for you having seven um, listings at all times, then you need to make seven solid contacts every single day. Once you have seven listings at all times, keep making seven solid contacts every yes. single day. Never stop making those contacts. That's minimum standard number one. Minimum standard number two is you have to do all of your lead follow-up the day the lead comes in, ideally within like three to five minutes of receiving the lead. If you look at the top producing agents across the country, and I'm going to tell you guys about an event we're doing um, where you can attend if you guys are looking for some real motivation. What one of the number, not even one of the, the number one reason why somebody is or isn't successful in this real estate business of ours is be, the how fast they do lead follow up. That's totally the reason. Agree. That's the reason Julie and I coined the term furiously fast lead follow up. Tim, exactly. How long am I supposed to take to call somebody back? And then somebody come up with this. I've read this crap before where they say, well, if it's a text lead, you I have know. this amount of time. Ugh, if it's a, this lead, no. And if they texted you, you should only text them back. Yes. Baloney, get that out of your heads. <laughs> so silly. Jeez. So here's the rule. Okay. Anyone who communicates with you anyway, you call them back. Tim, I don't have their phone number. I get it. So if someone texts you or someone messages you and you can't get their phone number, um, you know, and how why couldn't you get their phone number? If someone texts you and you know who they are, you have their phone number, right? Call them back. If someone messages you through Facebook, you can go to their page and get their phone number. If their page, if their phone number is not on their page, you can probably search through your database and find it. Don't use lame excuses well, to and, not and call people that, back. Even that you've got to do immediately. And and we've coached this from the beginning of you know when an email was your digital lead, right? <laughs> yep. And we used to get leads that were just like that: email only, no phone number. And what did we always do immediately when you see that? I'm here to answer all of your questions. What's the best way to reach you? Please send me your phone number. And if they didn't give it back, it's guess what? Lead. We we threw the lead out. We did not drip on them. We threw them out. If we don't have a phone number, you do not waste your time. A phone number is the only form of follow-up that really matters because people, you listeners, me, we're so inundated with so much digital communication. Who bothers to call? And I'll tell you right now, there's a lost art of picking up the phone right. that a new generation of people might, millennials, might not ever develop because they're so dependent on digital. Furthermore, they think that's essentially how everyone they'll ever do business with, they want to be communicated with. So they're actually growing up in this world where they think everyone they'll ever want to do business is going to think and act just like they do. The reality of it is, guys, when you pick up the phone and you do furiously fast lead follow-up, that is an unfair advantage beyond virtually everything else you so could true. possibly have in real estate. So number one is you make the number of contacts as required by your real estate magic number. Uh, number two, you call every single person back every single day. Number three, and these are the only three things you have to do every single day for the rest of this year, um, is number three is you have to go and uh, divide the number of people in your centers of influence and past client list up. Divide that by um, 30 days, you know, and then make that number of contacts every single day. How often are you supposed to call them? Did you listen to what I just said? Once a month. What am I supposed to say? We tell you what to say in the coaching in our coaching program. It's not long, drawn-out conversations where you're just calling, offering to be of service to people. You're not even necessarily calling to even, you know, you're sprinkling real estate into the conversation, but you're certainly not calling them up and hitting them well, with we a have bat. Scripts that make them much more comfortable right. with that. 
And, you, and we want you to memorize our scripts, but what we really want you to do is internalize them and personalize them, make them your own. And then you're going to feel, then you're going to schedule in, you know, on Monday, the 1st or the 6th of July, you call Bob, Betty, and, you know, whoever. Okay, you call those people, you use one of our scripts, and then the following month at the same time, you call them back again. That's how you do it. And so, Tim, I have a drip campaign where I drop off pumpkin pies and I do all this other stuff. If you want to do all that stuff that costs money and takes time because you're too wimpy to pick up the phone, go for it. But I promise you picking up the phone is going to ultimately make way more of an impact. Oh, and here's another thing. It's free. So there it is. Every single one of you, make sure you're doing that. Any well, thoughts, you Julie? Know what's so funny about that? I, my thought is always this, that, that most agents survive on their basic level from their past clients and centers of influence, from referrals, their friends, their family. You know, and that's great until it starts to run out. So my, my thought is, look at how much you do by, you know, in your past client center of influence category without talking to them. What would happen to your business when you talk to all of them every 30 days? It's incredible. And I'll tell you one of the things, and I'll talk about this if you want to now or later, but this is one of the common threads of all of my winners from the contest. Okay, so what we're walking into is Julie ran a competition on Premier Coaching. Um, and the premier coaching contest required that they track all their, you know, the people that they help buy or sell real estate and primarily the amount of money that they earned. So we were tracking all those things for the last 90 days. And essentially, whoever the top earners were will receive um, the first one's going to receive 90 days of coaching with Julie. And just to put that in perspective, she charges $2,500 a month. So that's going to be something that's going to be a high you know, benefit. And it's happening at a perfect time for the first prize winner and the second and third are also going to receive something similar. Um, but before we get to what they were doing to generate that much revenue during the pandemic, um, and Julie wrote down a list because she was uh, going through the tallies of the winners today. And they also posted a lot of their victories on the private Facebook page. Yeah. So I've been kind of watching them for the, the whole 90 days. Which has been fun. It's been great. And they've right. been very motivational to their colleagues there as well. So speaking of motivation, we are doing a mastermind. And the mastermind started last week. And it's me interviewing usually seven or eight of our top producing agents. And we're going to be doing this probably an additional three times. If you want to attend one of the upcoming events, just text the word motivation. I'm sorry, sorry, text the word uh, mastermind to 31996. Text the word mastermind to 31996. And when you do, we're going to text you back a link and you can schedule yourself for one of the events. So text the word mastermind to 31996 and we'll text you back a link and then you can uh, join us for the mastermind. On those masterminds, we're going to be talking about what these agents are doing to generate leads. We're going to be talking about what are the kind of secrets they wish they had known when they started selling real estate. We're obviously going to talk about what they're actually doing now, what their production is. You're going to be hearing from people that are, you know, bell others of this industry. They're selling hundreds of, uh, some of them, I think one of them sells like 700 houses a year. And how do they, how do these people do it? And you guys know we are proponents of teams, but only if they're profitable. So you're not going to be hearing from people that are spending all their money buying buyer leads and then, you know, uh, sending them off to buyer's agents. We're not doing it that way. That's not what Julie and I believe in. Cause at the end of the day, you just basically are, you know, running a nonprofit business. We believe in profitable businesses. <gasps> What's that? Profitable business in real estate, right? Because ultimately, the goal for, that all of you guys have is to be financially free. And the only way you're going to be financially free is if you make it so your money works for you, you no longer have to work for your money. In other words, you have to have profit from your business to reinvest in things that will produce income for you. So that is the key of our business. That's you know essentially one of our main North Stars, if the, as it were. So Julie, again, yes. so go ahead and you text... 
Text the word mastermind to 31996. All right. So what were the top sources of leads yes. for all of our top earners? All right. So keep in mind, these guys have played this contest during absolute pandemic months. Many of them were officially locked down, but they did it anyway. And the winners are ranging anywhere from about 75 to about 120,000 in a gross commission income for the months of April, May, and June. Okay. So uh, let's see. Common things. Uh, well, I'll tell you one thing that I forgot to write down is every one of the winners were on every daily coaching call. Mm. Maybe they missed one randomly here and there, but even though they were doing a lot of business, they were actively participating in premier coaching, asking questions, getting help with their deals, you know, whatever's it's funny, going on. It's funny you should say that too, but I noticed that with our EXP group too. Yeah. As you guys know, we're, we're involved with EXP Realty. And one of the things we do with EXP Realty is we teach the people that we've sponsored how to sponsor other agents. And we do that every Thursday. And it's funny, we have hundreds of people in our group. And I bet you the same 100 to 200 people show up every single week consistently. Yeah. And they're the ones doing all the sponsoring. I mean, it's a direct, it's obvious. The more you participate yeah. and the closer you, you get what you give, you give, you get what you give. That's it. So if you guys want to listen, if you guys want to talk with me about joining our EXP group, just text me directly at 512-758-0206, 512-758-0206. All right. So other things that they have in common, every one of my top five contenders, and, and there were a lot more even below them. And these are just the top five that I've gathered intel on. Uh, they're listing agents primarily. Now, they also are selling many of their own listings and the buyers for their listings are coming with listings. So they are absolutely self-generating a lot of this and not blowing a lot of money buying leads. Uh, let's see, one of the things that they've been going after, of course, we've already talked about the database, but a little bit of cherry picking database knowing, and you know, here's the thing, when you call your database all the time, you know what their story is. You know who's sitting there waiting to get, quote, their price or it's the right timing. Well, so let's slow down there. Yeah. So you guys are going to discover, if you dig into this, when, and Julie's going to get to this next one, so I'm going to step on her next point. Okay. When you call the old expireds, there may have been a list, a house that expired like 90, 120 days ago, maybe even this time last year. Mm -hmm. And you call up that seller. And let's say it didn't, most expires don't sell. Well, all expires don't sell because what? Price, condition, location. One or all three of those things were really out of whack. Mm -hmm. So you probably are, and by the way, price overcomes everything, yep. location, condition. All, yeah, right. It's always basically bottom line's price. So you call these old expireds up and they were uh, overpriced last year, but because of this in the insanity of the market right now, you might find that that listing's actually priced perfectly based on where it expired last year. Mm -hmm. um, there was uh, Fizbo's, same thing. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so call the old ones. Nobody else is calling them. Uh, there's going to be a lot of for sale by owners this time of year, for sure, that are going to be desperate to get their kids in school. And in order to yes. do that, they're going to have to transact relatively soon because kids go back to school when next month or the month after that. So you're going to have a very, you know, a cocky FISBO two months ago mm -hmm. is a humble FISBO now. That's right. Yeah. And by doing this, you know, combining things like calling older for sale by owners and expireds and talking to people in your database, I think that this is... Um, shows why there's so much dual agency going on right now is because agents who do that combination of things are making matches on their own. So you, on their own. you know, one of our uh, coaching clients in Amelia Island, almost everything he's listing right now is selling himself. Why? Because he knows what his clients want, because he knows what the inventory is coming up, because he talks to them before it hits the MLS. All right, so other, other places business are coming from. New construction, absolutely. A lot of builders are ramping up more construction. And even if you have to wait for the house to be built, you're still going to appreciate that commission six months from now, four months from now. You know, not all new construction has to start from the ground up. You're going to find houses that are two months from completion too. 
but you got to know where it is. Well, and remember, we guys, with the three things we asked all of you to do, uh, you don't forget the second point, which is furiously fast lead follow-up, because none of this will work if you're being lazy. None of this will work if you're being complacent. That's exactly right. Um, again, listing agents win open houses, you know, with lines of people waiting outside. That listing agent and the seller absolutely are going to win, probably with multiple offers, at least for the time being. Uh, let's see, renters who actually end up having smaller mortgage payments on the house they want to buy than what they're currently paying in rent. So a lot of our agents are prospecting them. Now, yes, you're going after buyers in that case, but that house that they buy will be a future listing of yours. And it is a compelling story because interest rates are lower than 3% right now. They're literally the historic low in the history of mortgages. Yeah, it's so insane. So that, that's a very valid call. And I see that happening, especially in the more expensive markets like right around Washington, D.C., where rents are super high, but you can still find a house that's, you know, maybe 550, 650 with a low interest rate. Um, let's see. What else? Listing agents always win. I wrote that down. Um, let's see. Lots of uh, matches, new construction. That, that's basically it. But uh, I, I don't think any of our front runners are people who well, they were doing, buy their leads. They were doing open houses on vacant listings. Yeah. That absolutely. was a big money maker for a lot of them on mm -hmm. vacant listings. And by the way, you guys can do open houses on listings that aren't even yours. Uh, you right. just have to check with the other... Uh, vacant new construction. Yep. You know? That's a gold mine. You know, that's so funny. We've had so many people over the years that have just made fortunes off buddying up to the new construction people. Because yes. look, the new construction people, a lot of them, especially if they're working with the smaller, medium-sized builders, they have to keep their jobs by holding those houses open. They have no substitute. There's nobody else to hold those houses open. They're coming up to a time of year where they probably rather have, you know, occasional weekend off. Yep. So why don't you step in and say you'll work the, you know, you'll sit there for them. And obviously you're going to focus on basically helping them sell their own houses. And then if they do, you get on that contract. You're going to be the buyer's agent, the representative, the buyer to that new build. That's how you get paid. Well, but also you know, builders are surprisingly open to this. Even we've had some of our coaching clients talk to some of the track, like KB homes and stuff like that, mm -hmm. where they, you know, they initially agent reaction is, oh, no, they keep everything in-house. Well, how do you know if you don't go talk to them? That's right. And again, a new construction for many of you right now is definitely the direction you need to be going. We talked uh, just with a great bit of detail, was it two weeks ago, mm -hmm. about uh, great lead sources that these aren't these guys aren't chasing down. Mm -hmm. You can find pa our past podcast, uh, past, past podcasts, uh, timandjulieharris.com, but also on iTunes, Stitcher, on Spotify, all your you know favorite podcast listing services. And by the way, our podcast is still the number one daily listened to da uh, podcast for real estate agents in the nation. So thank you for continuing to make that true. The, go ahead, Julie. Uh, there's, I worked on some other things. We talked about where business is coming from, but I'm also hearing an uh, interesting collection of issues that these guys are dealing with. One, and we've, we've seen this before in hot markets with low inventory. Uh, buyers, especially buyers who are very strong buyers, either cash, half cash, already pre-approved, ready to rumble, you know, the kinds of buyers everybody likes. Yeah. They are actually interviewing buyer's agents for the job of representing them. So you thought it was hard to be a buyer agent before, not be a listing agent. Now you have to compete for that buyer business. We now, fortunately, in Premier Coaching, we have a buyer presentation, right. which 99% of your competition won't be using, and some scripts to go with it. But I thought that was an interesting development. So we should tell them, there's a story that we're working on. Um, it's, you guys know that sort of these tech companies, they're always coming up with these new great ideas, and Inman likes to champion them as somehow some sort of revolution for consumers and all this other Mickey Mouse. Well, one of the recurring themes I'm seeing, because Julie and I are consulted with some of these companies because they don't really have a read at all on you guys. 
So they'll ask us what you know we think about their particular product or service. Oftentimes they'll come to us uh, after I sign an NDA or Julie signs an NDA, and they won't even tell us necessarily the name of the company. But the recurring theme from all these guys is they all think that somehow they can disintermediate agents. In other words, they don't understand that the reason that real estate agents are still relevant isn't because there hasn't been some great technology to replace us. It's because consumers want to have real estate agents that are going to actually help them with the transaction. Even as, even hypothetically, if it becomes uh, more technologically dependent, there is zero chance going forward that you are going to ever have an era where people, when making big financial decisions, are not going to want the skills of a caring, competent um, professional by their sides. Now, with that said, I will tell you for sure, one of the recurring themes I've seen amongst these uh, companies that I've uh, sort of been consulting with is that they are absolutely trying to go after the buyer's agent side of the commission. And mm -hmm. what we're going to start seeing, and this is going to start, it started to happen before the pandemic and it's going to come back again, are these companies are going to make it so that you're, you know, they're going to offer a somewhat discounted listing commission, or at least they're going to advertise it's a discounted listing commission. And then they're going to make the buyer's agent commission optional. Now, mm -hmm. this is nothing new to the industry assist to sell and all these other companies they did the same thing and so they're exactly copying basically the same types of commission structures that have been out there in one form or another for literally decades but of course because it's got a veneer of tech that everyone thinks it's new and innovative but here's here's the punchline if they're successful they're going to normalize uh, buyers agents having to basically justify their commission in other words right now in the United States whether you guys knew this or not it's unique to the United States and Canada by the way that there's an entitlement there's a um, the seller always pays the buyer's agent commission that's not the way it works the rest of the world so what you're gonna see realistically it's gonna start happening in obvious ways and we've been warning you guys about this for what two years is what you're going to see is you're going to see that these buyers agents out there are going to then start having to explain to this uh, the buyer why they should pay their commission and there's not going to be any implied um, co-op commission that are going to be given on listings so you're going to write as if you're going on a listing presentation when you go on a listing pre presentation you have to know how to answer the seller's question as far as why not only should they list with you, but also why should they should pay your commission. And then they're going to try to you know get you to negotiate. These are all the things we teach you how to deal with in, as part of our coaching program. But the same exact thing is going to start happening on the buyer's agent side. So the very reason why so many of you guys gravitate towards being buyer's agents, in other words, it was a social and mostly a physical into the business, right? Physical and that you had to waste your time and energy going out and showing houses. I'll maybe, hopefully not wasting, but you guys get the idea. And it was it was social in essence because you didn't need a lot of skills to work with buyer to work with buyers. But now, if you have to all of a sudden learn how to present to a buyer as far as why they should pay the commission, it, just think of it this way: so you're talking with you know a buyer who has to buy a five hundred thousand dollar house, and they've saved up their down payment to buy the house. And now you're going to have to, you know, they've got their down payment scrolled away and all their closing costs and moving expenses and all that's done. And now they go and talk with you and you want to work with them, but the buyer, the seller is not going to pay the commission. The, the seller is going to say, you know, you basically, there's no, there's no implied co-op. Are you listening to what I'm saying? There's not going to be a there's not going to be a situation where you just show a house and it says in the MLS what your commission is. You're going to have to get the buyer to pay your commission. The buyer is going to have to pay the commission. Now, the buyer can roll the commission into the transaction. In other words, they're going to be financing the fee that they're paying you in the form of commission, or they can just pay it out of pocket, or what you're going to see a lot of, in most cases, you're going to see probably some hybrid of the two. But that's what's coming your way. That is the reason why, one of the many, 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 many reasons why we 
absolutely beg all of you to pivot all your best energies on becoming powerful listing well, agents. because what else does that buyer do? They go direct to the listing agent. That's right. And that's what they do. And that's what we're experiencing. And that's the reason you're starting to see these buyer's agents or these, these buyers who are starting to become more sophisticated, especially the ones that have houses to sell in a market like this and going forward because the consumers want more control and they're saying to themselves like if you buy a you know a million dollar house and you're you know betty the local agent represents you and you go to the closing and you see it old you know betty just made 25 or thirty thousand dollars and you know she only sold you seven houses and you would have you knew the house was for sale matter of fact you even sent it to her because you found it in realtor.com and she opens the door for you why exactly is she earning that much money so this is and the entitlement aspect, right? I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm saying this is the direction that these tech companies are going to go to start steering First buyers uh, away from you guys and making making it so you guys have to compete or making it so you have to justify your commission. Some of you will be able to do it. Most of you will not. But what I'm suggesting to you is the real way forward is becoming a listing agent because when you're a listing agent, you've learned how to compete. You've learned how to take the listing and you control what happens essentially to that house and which will enable you to do more double ending of your own listing. Mm -hmm. And when that buyer comes to you and they ask for you to, you know, justify your buyer's agent commission, it won't be, it'll already have been factored into the contract you have with the seller. So it'll be a non-issue. Which, and that's, by the way, is how the builders do it most of the time. Exactly. It's already, I mean, my point in saying that is the model I know. is already there. Yeah, it is. This is not a radical thought. Right. So this is the way, this is the direction that commissions are, I don't know if it's evolving or devolving, I don't know which, but this is the direction that business is going. This is not Tim and Julie being dooming and glooming. This is Tim and Julie being consciously aware of what's happening to our industry so we can take care of all of our coaching clients. That's right. Because the changes that are going to happen next, what happens guys is when there's a lot of pressure on uh, real estate prices, which there are now in a seller's direction, but soon, and we mean my soon, you mean uh, 12 months or less, there's going to be some real, there are real reasons to believe there's going to be downward pressure on real estate values, um, you know, in terms of well, essentially the whether houses are going to depreciate. There's a CoreLogic report that came out. What did it say, Julie? Well, they said if you look at the whole country, that it should be uh, depreciation between one and two percent. However, in that same article, they also went over specific markets. Uh, I think they mentioned Vegas and Phoenix, and of course, New York City has already been uh, hurt by this, coming down significant numbers, 8 to 15%, depending on where you're located and what the inventory is like. So overall, 1 to 2% doesn't sound that horrible, although compared to what some of your sellers have seen in the past, it'll sound horrible to them. The real horrible part will be the psychological effect for because people's, um, and it's already happening yeah, in the country. expectations are all Exactly. That's what's going to happen. If all of a sudden people don't believe they're, you know, buying a house as a Willy Wonka, you know, golden ticket where they're going to get the tour of the, you know, beloved chocolate factory, they're going to, buyers are already going to be uh, feeling, you know, concerned about the economy, feeling concerned about all the other Mickey Mouse that's going to be happening in our world. Mm -hmm. And then when you, when they're not walking into a guarantee or at least what they feel like is an entitlement of an increase in value of the property, assuming CoreLogic is right here, listeners, then you're looking at essentially even a more protracted sale process which is even going to really, really then hurt agents who have only built their businesses working on buyers. So number one thing all of you have to be locking in your brains is the only way forward, or I shouldn't say only way, but the, certainly the way that's going to cause you the least stress, that's going to produce the most, you know, the best results are definitely focusing on becoming a powerful listing agent. Yes, you have to have skills. Yes, you have to learn to do what you don't want to do and you don't want to do it at the highest level. Yes, some of you are going to have, a, you know, it's going to be the hardest thing that you've ever tried to learn. You want me to lie to you? It's going to be because you're going to have to overcome some of your own head junk on your way to 
um, also um, mastering the skill set that's necessary as well. It's going to be a mindset skill set tug of war. Absolutely. We talk about this extensively in our book, Harris Rules, by the way, which is available at Amazon and Barnes and Noble. Do you have any other yes, notes well, there? Well, you know, there's so many pressures. We talk about becoming a listing agent. When you're in our premier coaching, you can hear that in other manifestations. For example, you're, you try to be a buyer and get some inspection thing done right now, and you know what the listing agent says? Sorry, we'll just take a backup offer. Listing agent always wins. Okay, buyer's agent has to go show property again. Well, here, drill down on that. There's the, that. That's a good channel. Well, I, I mean, that's mental labor versus physical labor. Isn't right. It? Your buyer. I, I read on actually. I read on um, uh, one of the Facebook pages that you and I contribute to. Uh, forget the name of it. Wasn't one of ours. But someone was talking about over the weekend. This was maybe two weeks ago. They're talking about the fact that they wrote four um, asking price contracts and only one got accepted. Yeah. Um, and the one that got accepted, the buyer was even kind of janky about whether they wanted to buy it in the first place. So they'll probably back out over the inspection or yeah. whatever. But it's like, you know, this agent said, well, what happened? I walked, you know, we offered full asking price. The reason that you didn't get it is probably because I'm guessing the listing agent sold it themselves to one of their own buyers. Or number two, frankly, the list, uh, they knew to go over asking price and probably got a little coaching and consulting from the listing agent as far as where the price should be. And there's all these little skill sets that unfortunately many of you choose to just develop from experience versus basically learning from other people. And when you do that, you really increase the likelihood of failure. There's a statistic I shared with you guys last week that essentially it's not a new number, but it's still shocking every time you think about it. What was it, Julie? That's something like 85%. Yes. Yeah, that's what it was. 85% mm -hmm. of all agents fail in roughly a year. Yep. So they get into the business and virtually all of them are going to fail in, within 12 months. Well, why is that? Why do so many agents fail? It's not like this is an expensive business to stay in. It's because they're not doing the real work of real estate. It's because they're doing their branding and their social networking and they're doing their TikToking. Yeah. Well, they run out of luck and hopium. You know, that's most right. Most agents, and this statistic has been true for years, you know, most agents, right, when they get their license, do two or three deals with their friends, and they think that that's how it's going to keep going. Right. And they pray to the real estate gods, and maybe, maybe they uncover somebody under a rock, and, and mm -hmm. then they're encouraged for a little bit, and then it dries up for real, and they have to get out of the business. And then they, they never did the real work. And they that's lucky. Well, well, what's the real work? The real work is all the stuff that you don't want to do. The real work is the stuff that makes you uncomfortable. You know, then they'll, they'll lock into, well, I'm going to do a center of influence past client thing, right? I'm going to start dropping off tchotchkes to their house and pumpkin pies in November. I'm going to start mailing postcards. I'm going to start doing all this passive stuff. And then you just hope and pray that it'll work over time. And it doesn't. It right. doesn't. And then you say, well, I'm going to do this other thing. I'm going to do this social networking campaign. I'm going to do this Facebook thing. And then that doesn't work. Well, I'm and going to use my credit card to buy leads with. And then look, guys, if you start in the business that way, and you're, and I know most of you are surrounded with people telling you that's what you're supposed to do. The reason they're telling you that's what they're supposed to do is because, A, they're trying to sell you whatever snake oil they've created, or, and they never have learned how to do the real work of real estate right. themselves. The real work of real estate is all we focus on because it's the thing that's going to make you essentially evergreen in this business. You're going to be always successful because you're going to always be the one with the listings. That's the primary focus of what we teach agents to do. It will always be what we teach agents to do. And look, if you want to talk about teams, that's fine. If you want to talk about you know, branding and marketing, all that stuff is great. But the, re the bottom line reality is those things are luxuries. Those things are like fun. You have to do the real work before you're actually allowed to, you know, it's, it's the difference between, honestly, it's the difference between really doing something that's meaningful with your life and your business, truly being of service with people or just playing. It's, are you an amateur or are you a professional? That's really the only way 
to explain? Are you going to practice to get to, for excellence? Or are you just basically going to do it now and then when you feel like it? Are you looking for an emotional surge or some sort of big why or an epiphany to actually get to work and finally do the things you don't want to do? Or are you actually saying to yourself, I know that everything I want in life comes on the other side of long durations of doing what I don't want to do when I don't want to do it at the highest level. I mean, Julie, you know we're the only ones that basically deliver this type of information. I and I understand why. Because when it's people, it's hard. Well, for us. For, well, it's harder for us because it requires yeah. us to do real work. Sure, that's right. But also, the truth is, mm -hmm. it's harder for, like, we would make way more sales for sure. coaching or whatever products we're selling mm -hmm. if we didn't tell them the truth nope, as we right. know it. Yeah, absolutely. We could promise them the world and, you know, we could sell them something that was going to rain leads on them. And then when it didn't work out, we just say, well, you haven't waited long enough right. and you haven't talked to enough impressions yet. Right. And then maybe someday it'll work. That would be easy, but also very disingenuous. One of the most insidious things, guys, and I'm not going to get on the soapbox, but it's worth talking about because I had an email about this today, is branding. Okay. Branding is something where you guys are absolutely being scammed by the whole idea that you need to be a brand. And I'm going to explain, don't just write me off because I know this is totally against the current zeitgeist, but here's the bottom line. You cannot buy a reputation. You cannot spend enough money on postcards or anything else to make it so that you have the reputation that you want to have or that the people selling you branding want you to perceive that you have. There was a company, um, and this is long year, this is back in the 90s. There was this company, and I won't mention the name because Julie and I are actually friends with one of the owners. Yep. But uh, I know who you mean. Yeah. Where they had they did the best agent branding I've ever seen. And by branding I mean postcards and brochures and nice TV commercials. It's gorgeous. Yeah. It was ridiculous. Okay, and so here's there was a guy, I remember he was a dentist. And he was at a Howard Brenton thing, and they were doing this, uh, you know, on the on the screen in front of the big, you know, two thousand people or whatever, twenty five hundred people. It was the uh, showing off of all this beautiful branding that this company did for him. And I remember, like, everyone was so amazed, and oh my gosh, it's incredible, and oh, I got to do the same thing. That's what a lot of people thought, right? That's what you're supposed to think. They're trying to sell you something, and it was incredibly expensive what they were selling, just between the design and the everything, just ridiculously expensive. So I went up to this guy who was, by the way, a former dentist, the agent who'd bought this, you know, big thing, who was walking on, you know, he thought he, he was walking on clouds. Everyone thought he was so amazing. I mean, here he was up on the big stage and they were showing all his beautiful marketing and him and his golden retriever. Yes, literally, he had a golden retriever. I'm not sure if it was his or not, but it was there in the pictures. And then, um, you know, at, at, during the break that came after it, he was like a rock star. And then afterwards, Howard had all the, you know, Howard stars in a private room where we could all sort of like unwind. And this guy was a special guest and people, oh, my God, it's so amazing. And I remember every, he kind of made his rounds. He talked to there's maybe 75 of Howard Britton stars then and they were in that room. And then I ended up talking to him. I remember he was leaning against a window and I started asking him about like basic skill stuff. And I was just sort of, you know. Not being, I wasn't a coach then, so I wasn't very good at question asking, but you know, I was a good salesperson. And so I started asking him essentially, you know, pre qualifying questions and listing presentation, all that. And here's what I discovered the guy had virtually no skills, sales skills. He did not know how to sell his way out of a paper bag. In that's, Texas, they call that tall hat, no cattle, right? And exactly. And that's exactly what this guy was. So he had spent, he had been sold into uh, buying all of this marketing, you know, crap. 
because he thought that somehow it would overcome his, he was very introverted, right? Remember former dentist? He, he thought it would overcome his natural sort of abhorrence for being a salesperson or his reluctance to actually learn how to actually sell. He did not, he thought the branding was going to make people want to do business with him no matter what his skill set was. He actually thought that, why did he think that? This was not a stupid man. He thought that because they told him that's what would happen. Yep. They told him he could actually skip a bunch of steps if he spent all this money on branding. Well, they were a better salesperson than he was. Absolutely. Yeah, and he he'd sold his dental practice. Mm-hmm. I, I remember exactly how he got yeah. into real estate. That guy was not ever at a Howard Britton event again. He did not go any of the following years. I never followed up what happened to him, but you can only assume that he didn't make it in real estate. That breaks my heart. It breaks my heart then, and it breaks my heart now. Mm-hmm. And it breaks my heart because these same people are still selling you guys the same snake oil, and they're trying to convince you that you can buy your reputation. You can't. Chuck Williamson in, in um, uh, Wilson, North Carolina. He does no branding, no marketing, uh, no social networking. He's got nothing. If you go and try to Google him, you'll find no Facebook page, no Twitter. Does not engage any of that crap at all. He'll sell, uh, with him and one assistant, he'll sell roughly 60 to $70 million of the real estate this year. He'll probably close at least 220 to 230 homes this year. And he does it based off real work of real estate, what we have taught him to do. He's a coaching client. Real work of real estate every single day, being consistent. His reputation in this town of, of uh, Wilson has come from the fact that they know he, and by the way, he's by far the number one agent in Wilson, and they know he gets the job done because they see a sold sign every year. That's what you call a brand. He's got a brand of helping other people accomplish their goals. He has got the very brand that all of you dream to have that you cannot shortcut by buying. You have to actually earn it. Any well, thoughts but, on but that? He created it himself through the real world work of real estate. He made his brand he didn't buy his brand he did it with every single deal he did it because his clients love him and talk about him and refer people to him and he did it by sold signs and in contract signs and people seeing that so that's real branding don't get into this business i'm speaking to the you know 85 percent of you that are maybe you know on the failure path spending really any money on other than having frankly great coaching and training and if your coach is trying to get you to buy crap to basically build your brand or buy leads buy anything really that is going to somehow replace the real work of real estate fire them they suck well they do why do coaches do that to coaching clients because they don't know what else to do. Yeah. Because it's a lot easier to tell somebody to whip out their credit card and try this out, you know, than it is to actually teach them a real skill. What That's we a do fact. what we do in our company is hard because it requires that the coaches are actually good salespeople. And all actively licensed and selling. And I'll tell you, Tim, if I look at the examples just from our premiere call today, there is no way that somebody who hadn't sold a lot of real estate, done a lot of transactions with a variety of different people, i.e. you and me, the, the questions that came up on today's call, I was talking to one of our coaching clients who thought it was going to be a short sale, but I showed her how to do an unsecured line of credit because it was only short by 15000 because the seller still had good credit. Yep. They could negotiate that unsecured line or right. a short payoff. You right. know? Now, somebody who either hasn't sold much real estate or hasn't done it at all or hasn't lived through a bunch of recessions and other garbage okay, would not have even had that thought. I'm, I'm not saying that to brag. My point is that stuff comes up that you have to help coaching clients with. And the answer isn't always, we'll go spend this money or go buy something. I mean, we, we talked about um, appraisal stuff, financing, how to deal with repairs, you know. These guys are dealing with so many things these days. 
But again, we go back to be a listing agent is the bottom line. They're much happier right now than buyer's agents are. And guess what? I've got to be at a Zoom meeting in three oh, minutes. Good thing you yeah. looked at your clock. Yeah, good thing I looked at my clock. So <laughs> listeners, right. here's the bottom line. Please stay focused. Please do not give up. You have to fight against your natural desire and, the, and essentially the, you know, the negative, uh, you know, the, the black hole of lazy that's going to enter into all of our lives over the next six months. Take the calendar, you know, green dollar signs, the days you're going to be working, drill down. Please take all this seriously. Your new year essentially has already started. Your 2021 has already started. Have incredible momentum going into the year. Don't make the mistake that, you know, the 85% that are going to fail make and trying to just basically kick back towards October, you know, November, then getting started again in the spring. That's a surefire way of absolutely failing. You know, look how hard it is for some of you guys to build momentum back up after the pandemic, right? So now you're going to go from the pandemic building your momentum back up, and then you're going to, you know, hopefully have somewhat a successful, you know, you know, summer and then maybe early fall, and then you're going to quit again and have to, you know, beat your head against the wall to build momentum again back in the spring. Why do it that way, guys? You're never going to accumulate anywhere. You're never really even going to get out of the starting gates financially. So take all this stuff seriously. Um, really appreciate all of you guys emailing us, communicating with us, being so grateful and thankful for us being your wingman through this whole pandemic. And I know Julie and I haven't been talking a lot about real estate news and we haven't been talking about the coronavirus and haven't been talking about all that. We're going to go back and we're going to give you it's. And the reason is, is because there's not been a lot of new information and we don't just like moving things around on the plate. We want to give you something that's actually actionable that you can use immediately to help other people and make money. But look, who knows what's going to happen the rest of this year. But what I do know, it's always better to be prepared than it is to be caught by surprise. The old Boy, Boy Scout saying, right? Hope for the best, but be prepared for the worst. Stop spending all your time on the hoping side of things and start getting more on the prepared side of things. One of the smartest things all of you guys can be doing is taking action now and texting me to ask and talk to me about joining Julie and I's EXP team. Um, and EXP Realty was without a doubt going to be one of the most powerful real estate companies, if not the most powerful real estate company, not just the United States and the world. Guys, the things this company is doing, they've now they've gone from what, 16,000 agents at the start of last year, and now they've got something like uh, 31,000 agents. This is one of the fastest growing, most amazing things I've ever seen in real estate. Truthfully, sure. I've never seen anything like it. I'd love for you guys to explore it with us, and I'd love for you to consider being part of our EXP Realty team. Just text me directly at 512-758-0206. In the meantime, you guys have a fantastic day, and we'll talk with you on the show tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. Thank you.